Yeah. They calling me controversial. I don't know why, I'm just telling the truth. Yeah. They're indoctrinating kids with lies. It's just evil in disguise. They say that it's love, but they lie. They say that they're girls, but they're guys. Or they say they have no gender. From guy sports to girls, where they're winners. From now on, I identify as a ninja turtle. Where's Master Splinter? They calling me controversial. They calling me controversial. They calling me controversial. They calling me controversial. Jesus was controversial. Paul was controversial. Elijah was controversial. Yeah, telling the truth is controversial. Welcome back to the Map Buff Show, and for three years, maybe four now, I don't know, three years, we've been talking about the hoax of the pandemic, not the virus itself, just the response, and this book came across our desk that we have to talk about, it's called Gone Viral, and look, you can see right through it, it's a great book, Gone Viral, How COVID Drove, drove the World Insane. There's so much we have to discuss with this. And then, of course, this month, we have all this breaking news about Boston University creating a super kill virus that killed eight out of 10 rats. And then uh, here comes the CDC with their recommendations for schools to put COVID-19 vaccines into the schedule of vaccines for kids. Justin Hart, this is absolutely going insane you highlight a lot of this in the book we're going to get to but first how you doing matt great to be with you this morning thanks for having me on oh it's great to have you we were, we're going to post the link to the book gone viral how covid drove the world insane by justin hart we're going to post the link on the website you've been doing phenomenal interviews all over the country this will be your funnest funnest <laughs> this will be I'm your excited. most fun Let's one make it <laughs> i love your tweet with dr fauci who thinks he's going to ride off into the sunset convenient timing as the red wave approaches justin and he goes like this. regret particularly the last one the shutdown the sweeping shutdown that some yeah. said made things worse no, I, I, I don't, uh, Neil. And in fact, I think we need to make sure that your listeners understand I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. And the only way to do that is by draconian means of essentially shutting down a country. We know that we can do that if we shut down. Well, I think one of the things you really need to do to the extent that you can shut down mm. temporarily mm. the country, I think, is important. Well, if I knew at the time that shutting down would have such a dramatic effect on controlling the spread, obviously we would have shut down earlier. There are those who say you shut down your dis destructive things by disrupting the economy. And others say, well, if you save so many infections by shutting down, why didn't you shut down two weeks earlier? But I don't regret saying that the only way we could have really stopped the explosion of infection was by essentially, um, I want to say shutting down, I mean essentially having the physical separation and the kinds of recommendations that we've made. You've been a big fan of Cuomo and the shutdown in New York. You've lauded New York for their policy. New York had the highest death rate in the world. How yeah. could we possibly be jumping up and down and saying, oh, Governor Cuomo did a great no. job. He had the worst death rate in the world. No, you misconstrued that, Senator. So there you have it. Pros or cons on sending Fauci straight to prison when the Congress takes over? Well, I, I think we need to have him up on the pulpit for a little bit there. He needs to be in the docket. Uh, we need to have the trial of Dr. Fauci uh, and his cohorts as well. Uh, we had an interesting uh, element yesterday. Someone who is a very smart person. Uh, she's a professor over at Brown University, Emily Oster. She does some great data work. And she had, she had the good. She had the details. She had the comparison data showing early on that shutting down the schools did absolutely nothing to sway the pandemic one way or another. And uh, when she had her study all set to go, the pressure came. The pressure came from her academic peers, from Fauci and gang, and she folded. And then today she came out with an article, yesterday she came out with an article saying, we should have a pandemic amnesty. Uh, and what she meant is, boy, her side of the equation 
really screwed up. And by screwed up, Matt, we're talking serious, serious ramifications. It wasn't just, man, I, I lost my business. That's that's dreadful, and that can have serious ramifications. We think in the spring of 2020, we missed about half of all cancers. That is, oncologists came to us and said, hey, either COVID has cured cancer or something else is happening entirely. And that something else was people were too scared to go to the hospital. And then on top of that, the real stat, this cuts across political boundaries. Everyone understands it. It's undeniable. In the spring of 2020, just this spring, we believe we missed 200,000 cases of potential child abuse. Why? Because it's typically sharp-eyed teachers and administrators who catch those awful acts, right? A bruise on Johnny's arm. Uh, mom has a black eye. Dad looks beaten up and disheveled himself. You know, they catch those things. They report them. They don't always turn out to be true, but there was we, kids weren't in school, Matt. And that was the flip side of the coin. And you talked about uh, Dr. Fauci there. He had no sense of what sort of impact his shutdowns would have. He just went ahead and did it. There's this great chapter. It's ch uh, Appendix 2, Stories from the Pandemic in the book Gone Viral, where you talk about these just horrific scenarios from real people that you talked to and got their permission to publish. And one of those was the cancer treatment that her dad her dad died suddenly. The COVID protocols, uh, Justin, we we brought, brought people onto the show where they were putting these uh, family members on these COVID protocol regimens that were all the same, and it was killing people. It was people that not getting the right treatment, people with heart conditions, people with cancer that could have prolonged their life was all decided by one protocol that you don't belong here anymore. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of investigation into, especially the protocol of remdesivir, which was the only approved one for about a year or so. And uh, nurse, uh, nurses that I talked to uh, used to dub it run death is near uh, when they'd have to apply that. Um, look, that's really sad. The, the One of the big challenges uh, that I think we face is that there was no, there was no pre-hospitalization protocol. That is, if you tested positive in one of those drive-up lines, if you went and took a self-test, everything else, you call your doctor, hey, I got COVID, what should I do? And they, they won't tell you anything. In fact, in some states, they were barred from telling you anything. The first point of care, and unfortunately, the last point of care was the hospitals. And so we came in and the, you know, people were basically like, well, if, uh, if, you, if you get sick or go to the hospital, if not, just stay home. And that led to massive, massive ramifications. Uh, a lot of people will tell you, oh, the hospitals were so overwhelmed. That is absolutely not true. 99% of the hospitals had no overwhelming status. In fact, across the board, if you look at 2020 to 2021 to 2022, compared to previous years, ER visits for those first years were down 30%. Why? People were too scared to go to the hospital. And that doesn't mean that they, they didn't have those accidents and didn't have those things they needed to go. They just, they were scared to. And then you see a lot of deaths at home because people were too scared to get the treatment they needed. Yeah, that was happening all over the place. And there's still people today, Justin, that the last thing they will do is step into a hospital because of what happened. And, and so many people, I mean, when you look at the treatment options, I see the Pfizer commercials today on TV yeah, talking right, about right. the pill. It's pretty remarkable that they're the only company that doesn't have to list the side effects. If you have a depression medicine or a back pain medicine on the commercials, even if you're a lawyer or a politician, you have to list some things about what you're talking about. But Pfizer doesn't. Hey, everybody go get the shot. Everybody take the pill. We made it. And this is brought to you by Pfizer. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, it's extraordinary. And as I've said before, and I've had some people block me just for asserting this, but um I believe in the next two to three years, we will see the largest class action lawsuit ever. It will make mesothelioma and asbestos look like child's play. Uh, even just on the one issue that is confirmed across the board, which is uh, we believe that uh, it can throw a, a woman's menstrual cycle off by one or two days. And not just a tiny percentage. A study out from Turkey just the other day showed 10%, 10% of women who took the, took the, the vaccine, it threw their cycle off. Uh, now, that could have serious ramifications one way or another, but uh, boy, you know, e even that confirmed case, and then you get into the real serious stuff like myocarditis for children, uh, the CDC, the NHS, they all admit that's the case now. Uh, all of these issues are coming up. Um, if children especially, there's going to be a lot of issues. What happens, as we understand it, is that if you had a prior infection, and a lot of us did, and then you got vaccinated, 
those become immune complexes. All those antibodies go, I don't, I don't know where to go, right? You're already here. And so they start going throughout the body. Uh, we have evidence that they're coming through in women's breast milk. I mean, so many ramifications. Look, uh, my kids, we went through a, a vaccine regimen, uh, but those vaccines that have been scheduled into the schools and mandated here in California were on the docket for at least 15 years, 15 years before they ever made it into a recommendation or a mandate for kids to take. Here we are. I mean, the mRNA vaccines have only been tested on humans since uh, 2015. And so this is brand new tech. And yet we, we vaxxed a billion people and we have no idea what the implications are. We think they're pretty dreadful. Well, we see a lot of uh, heart problems and a lot of people that didn't have heart problems before. I don't know if that's a coincidence or what, but like uh, the whooping cough vaccine, the chicken pox vaccine, smallpox vaccine, you're talking about decades, like you just mentioned, decades, and they work. I mean, I had the chicken pox when I was a kid. That sucked. And now my kids don't have to have it, thanks to people like me that went through the, you know, regimen of having it. And now they have a true vaccine. They can't, the COVID shot's not even a vaccine if you can get COVID after getting the vaccine. You will not get chicken pox if you take the chicken pox vaccine. Right. The, the non-sterilizing, sterilizing vaccine. And I think that was the big issue is that beginning of 21, uh, even through July of last year uh, and, and into August, they were saying, all of our health authorities, uh, President Biden were saying, if you get vaccinated, you won't get sick, you won't get hospitalized. You look across the county stats, and pull up any county, go to your county's website, search for your county name and COVID and Google, pull up the stats. They'll show you the last three months, uh, 70% of all the deaths are from people that are vaccinated or fully vaccinated. All right. It's uh, they're, now uh, a hint. They're not typically dying of COVID. They just happen to test positive for that. In fact, by our estimations, there are a massive amount of these deaths that should never have been attributed to COVID. But the, the net was cast so wide. Uh, my group, Rational Ground, we were the group behind Scott Atlas when he was at the White House. We were providing him pro bono charts and data, whatever he needed to support his cause and try to right the ship. But we also got access to some death certificates back in the summer of 2020. When we looked through those, we found some crazy stuff. It's like 86-year-old woman, fall from height, broken femur, broken neck, diabetes, uh tested positive for COVID, COVID death, right? And we're like, wait, yeah. well, I'm pretty sure the fall had more to do with that than, than COVID, right? So we think there's a lot of uh, funky stuff going out there. My kindest interpretation in some ways, here are these hospitals, right? And we put like a couple of blame on them. But if you're a hospital administrator worth your salt and the government just came in and shut down the most profitable parts of your business, these elective surgeries, right? You've got to find some way to stay afloat. And so you're like, we're going to count everything as a COVID death. I got to get reimbursed for something. Otherwise, we're going out of business, right? Now, the worst case scenario is that they're bilking people and that they really did feed into the pandemic. I'm sure there was some of that. I know there was some of that here in San Diego where I was. Uh, but, you know, these things are, are, are things that we articulate in the book. And really, the book is designed as kind of a, a shield, a weapon, in fact, that you can use. We've got templates and letters in the back and everything else that you can use for your county board or your school board. Because I guarantee you, Matt, I mean, even though this pandemic is waning down, it spikes again, or there's a new pandemic, or whatever the latest boogeyman is, you know, climate change, they will use these same tactics. Dr. Fauci in the press would gladly, gladly weld you inside your apartment if they thought that it would save the world. Of course, they'd, they'd probably burn off their hands before they could ever learn how to use a welding torch, but that's another story. <laughs> that is, that's true. I want everybody to check out the book, Gone Viral, How COVID Drove, drove the World Insane. Um, you talk about the junk science and Boston University, I got to get your take on this. They looked at Wuhan and said, hold my beer. They did a lab, they, in a lab, they, scientists have created a new deadly Omicron strain with an 80% kill rate in mice. They're like, we got to really make this thing work if people are going to believe it's really bad out there you know i i put a poll out to my users and i or my followers and i said what do you think the cover story will be will it be a a lobster roll from faneuil hall or a, a, a an infected hot dog at fenway park well what will be the cover story for how the virus got out right uh it's not the wet market it'll be the the lobster roll of faneuil hall i think so look th that's extremely dangerous stuff uh even the nih came down with them and said what are you guys doing right we also think that Echo Health might involve, involve this. This is just 
it's insane that we keep doing this repeated stuff over and over again. Uh, and uh, I, I think, you know, they're, they, they're mad scientists and they really will they'll take that title. They picture themselves, Matt. They really do. They picture themselves like like Dustin Hoffman in the movie Outbreak with Rene Russo, right? Yes. And he's chasing down this infected monkey and he holds up a, a number. Call me. I've got to find this monkey and save the world, right? When in actuality, they're kind of like Walter Peck and Ghostbusters, right? The EPA inspector who comes down, shuts down the power grid, and all the ghouls get loose on the city. I'm pretty sure that conversation they had in the mayor's office with Bill Murray when he says, yes, it's true. This man has no okay. Well, I won't go in there. Yeah. That, that, that's accurate too. But look, that those are those are the complications these guys have. They have a, a narcissist ability there. So Walter Peck, that character, that guy it was one of the greatest bad guys of the 80s. Die Hard and yes. Ghostbusters. And he did shut down the grid without knowing what was he basically. I want to see what happens when we <laughs> shut down the grid. And that's what Fauci and them did. We kind of just want to see what happens. I mean, yeah. we want to throw out the science and just kind of see what happens. Can we actually shut down the country and force states to change their laws when it comes to mail-in ballots? Pennsylvania yesterday sent out massive mail-in ballots. I'm like, we're never going to learn, Justin. And that just, that's the title. That's the, the, the subheader, How COVID Drove the World Insane. The insanity is still happening 2022. It is. It's crazy. And we haven't learned from history. You know, there was a, there was a headline article in the Santa Barbara newspaper. It said, uh, masks are the chief ally of the disease. They become a virtual bacteria incubator, right? Uh, that was written in 1919 when they tried masks back then, right? And we still haven't learned our cause. In fact, 400 years ago in Milan, Italy, they had a real plague that killed one out of three people, the plague, right? And they thought that foreign elements were coming to the city to exacerbate it, whitewash the walls, anoint the benches with it. They saw a man, a crowd of people saw a man at the front of a, of a, of a church. He was brushing off his pew to sit down. They thought he was spreading the disease. They took him out. They beat him senseless. And the journal entry simply ends, I do not think he could have survived for many moments longer. Think about all those altercations over masks or vaccines. I mean, we, we just lose our minds. And the, the fear of the mind is far greater than the fear of the disease. And it's, um, it's really going to something we have to recover from here in the country. I'll never forget the, the situations where I call them the COVID cops where they would arrest a dad for playing catch with his daughter outside. What are you doing out here? When the guy, somebody went in a convenience store without a mask, they get slammed against the cop car. I mean, the COVID police were, it, it's just scary how fast it all came together and they were ready to serve. Yeah. I mean, it, it took them four decades to convince us that what we exhale was killing the planet. It took them what, Matt, all of four weeks to convince us that what we exhale was killing grandma and everyone else around us. And, and it really it became this psychosis, right? Uh, people would get scared. And, uh, you know, I remember a friend of mine told me he'd get onto a train. He'd sit across from someone who was wearing a mask. He was has coffee in his hand. But as, as long as he had his coffee to his lips, the person wasn't scared. He took it away. Better put that mask on, right? It's just it's an insanity. And in the book, we document a lot of these things. Yeah. There's one picture of my feed you'll love. It's like a, a priest and he's performing his baptismal duties from six feet. Between him and the mother who's holding the child aloft is a font, and the, the bishop is is using a squirt gun to baptize the child. I mean, God, <laughs> it's just, why are we doing this? This but is it's, insane. It's, it's just, like, when that child goes before St. Peter, he's going to be like, sorry, squirt gun. No, not, not, that's not legitimate baptism. <laughs> it's, it's a difficult prospect. But look, the, the, the idea is... People, you know, I think a, a good portion of the American populace, unfortunately, was very much like, I don't I don't want to get into the fight. Right. And I can understand that no one wants to be, you know, facing things when when death is on the line, as they tell you. Right. And uh, you have to really you know, waste a lot of time to realize and get into the numbers, and realize, oh, my gosh, they're just they're lying in many ways. And so I, I this this book is built both for those who knew in deep in their bones, like you and your audience, Matt, that this was uh, this was a farce from the beginning. Right. But it's also for those who are just starting their journey now, which is thousands and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people realizing that all the tactics, all the interventions they had probably meant nothing, which is really hard to stomach. I want to give you the last word, but you just made me think of Universal Studios in Florida where we'd go in there when they were doing a soft reopening and you heard this British lady over the airwaves remind you about your mask, remind you. 
and thousands of people completely ignoring it. I mean, just completely ignoring it. We would sit together on rides, one guy in my lap, basically, on the water rides. And then they got rid of that because nobody was listening to it anyway. And it's more packed than ever. I think people, you, Justin, you wrote the book. I do the show. We get out there and talk about it. But I think the average person in their mind just said, I'm done with this crap. We're moving on. Just quietly moving on. The incredible loss of trust that we have our institutions is infathomable, and it's not going to recover anytime soon. And that's unfortunate because if we do face a real pandemic, that is in 1918, their average age was 29 years old. If, if yeah. millennials and young people were felling all around us, you and I would be having a very different conversation. That could happen again. We've got to be prepared. But my goodness, they just they treated this all like vermin and that every single person was a vector of disease. Our kids. I remember standing over the shoulders of a friend of mine. His kid is there and coloring onto a Target magazine masks onto all the child models there who were playing with the toys. We broke our kids' minds. That's, that's going to oh. be some, some stuff to come back from. We talked about a lot of shocking stuff today. The book is available everywhere. We put it on thebuffshow.com. What is one big thing you want people to get out of this that they might not expect? Uh, I would say uh, just be warned because it's hard to stomach. But it's important. This is like um, therapy. Okay, go through it. You're going to want to remember this. You're going to want to know that your your kids are going to want to know that you did something for them. Justin Hart, excellent stuff today. Thank you for getting the word out. Uh, thank you for getting this book out there. We will get the word out everywhere we can because people need to understand to handle the next event. Like Justin just said, we got to be smarter and we can't repeat history. Like what? Well, this is just insane. And that's right. How COVID drove the world insane and dr fauci we'll see you on uh, capitol hill justin hart thank you so much thanks man okay we'll be back on the map off show you stay with us veritas tactical. tactical a family and law enforcement owned company where you can get custom built ars with purpose-built precision they have a full line of handguns like lock six hour smith and wesson and get your everyday carry items and accessories moreover they are your liberty safe dealer need training veritas tactical has all you need from getting your ccw to advanced tactical courses female survival courses and force on force scenarios veritas tactical has a full-time gunsmith on site sarah coding services laser engraving and more mention the buff show and get a 25 dollars discount on courses you'll find veritas tactical at 207 north goldenrod road suite 200 in orlando contact veritas tactical 407-309-3000 407-309-3000 and at veritas tactical.com veritas tactical Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem. Shallow knowledge as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? It's a rigged game and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeroes out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show. Welcome back to the Map Off Show. Israeli elections happening now, today. Benjamin Netanyahu, Bibi, making another comeback run. We got a lot to talk about, too, with everything going on with Israel, United States, and a special award for President Donald Trump. David Schoen is on the Map Off Show, ZOA, chairman of the board and co-founder of the ZOA Center for Law and Justice. Great to have you, David. Thank you very much. Great to be here. 
Well, first of all, great work uh, representing President Donald Trump in that uh, phony uh, impeachment on the second time they tried to do it. <laughs> so great work on that. Just wanted to tell you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, so Benjamin Netanyahu today, what do you think? Well, uh, I speak now uh, for myself, not for the ZOA, since the ZOA is not a political organization. Um, I'm hoping he has great success, quite frankly. Um, I think that uh, we need stability in the government in Israel. He brought stability before. He brought a terrific economy. He brought uh, the great, best semblance of security you can have when you're living with enemies uh, right at your doorstep. I want Ev, and, and I, we'll be posting the updates on that as the uh, election results come in. I want everybody to check out the Zionist Organization of America. We'll post the links on thebuffshow.com. Now, David, you're going to be honoring President Donald J. Trump with the Theodore Hersey Gold Medallion in the next couple of weeks here. Talk about what that is and uh, what it entails. Sure. Well, this is a very special award that's only been given in the past on a couple of occasions to prime ministers of Israel, frankly. But I think the ZOA made a decision that Donald Trump has been the best friend that Israel has had in the White House, quite frankly, based on his record, not based on anything else but the facts and the record. Um, so this is a very special award. Um, it's going to be on November 13th at the gala at Pier 60. Um, and just to give you some sense of it, just in a nutshell, despite the fact that he was under the gun with the Mueller investigation and all sorts of other distractions, um, during President Trump's tenure as president, think about the accomplishments just with respect to Israel. And that, of course, is the ZOA's focus, the strengthening of ties between America and Israel and the security of Israel and the Jewish people around the world. So under President Trump's watch and at his initiative, we have the Abraham Accords peace agreements with the UAE, Bahrain, uh, Morocco, Sudan, um, and, and so on. Um, the Taylor Force Act. Now, Taylor Force was a great American who was killed by a terrorist. And finally, we had hoped put an end to this pay for slay business, paying the Palestinian Authority, paying terrorists who kill American citizens and others, giving them what they call uh, martyr money, money, sick program. Um, and we said we're not going to continue funding the Palestinian Authority if they continue to endorse these things, make these payments um, and so on. Um, withdrawing from the United Nations, United Nations Human Rights Council, completely anti-Semitic, anti-American, anti-Israeli, um, body in the UN, corrupt, have some of the world's greatest supporters of terrorism leading the body. And we just said the United States can't be a part of that on principle. It's the first time that I've seen, at least, a president time after time put principle over political expedience, moving, con confirming that the Embassy in Jer the United States Embassy in Jerusalem is our embassy and the place of our embassy where the country of Israel, like every other country, says the embassy should be and is the eternal capital of the state of Israel. That was appropriate. Um, Title VI, you know, making protection on college campuses against anti-Semitic attacks so that religion is covered. Um, and finally, you know, not finally, but one of the other things, recognizing that the Golan Heights belongs to the state of Israel should belong to the state of Israel and always will belong to the state of Israel. Those are just some of the things. We don't see Biden meeting with Israeli leaders. We don't see any kind of uh, steps taken to protect the sovereignty of Israel or our relationship like we did under Trump. I mean, you mentioned moving the embassy to Jerusalem in record time, the Abraham Accords, everything you talked about, that was all done within a couple of years, which was quite remarkable. Right. It was a matter, as, as I say, of standing up for principle. Listen, in previous administrations, we refused to call terrorists terrorists. Um, that, that ought to be a pretty basic thing when a person goes into a pizzeria, for example, strapped with a bomb and kills two American uh, young women like they did in the Shatsky case in Comre Shomre Comron, <laughs> in, the, in the town in Israel, Karni Shomron, um, on a Saturday night. That's terrorism. Let's call it that. And that person was paid for by the Palestinian Authority, um, as many, many others have been. Many of the police within the Palestinian security apparatus have been involved in terrorist acts against Americans. I've represented American citizens in uh, seeking redress for these kinds of things. But we refused before to call them terrorists. And now, again, we've got looming this Iran deal, which is a horrific deal for America and for the world and for Israel and we're right back having the same people negotiating who negotiated under the President Obama's administration. Um, we had stepped away from that thing on principle under the Trump administration. And again, I say these things as political matters in my own capacity as a lawyer and as an American citizen, 
Uh, the ZOA doesn't take a political position on things, but these are facts relating to Israel and the United States. Well, they're they're facts based on the award too that that he's going to be given. So that's, that's a right. that's an important thing to notice. Um, I want to go back to to the pay for to to slay. I mean, you uncovered this. Number one is the mainstream media picked up on this, and how much progress have you made to stop this uh, horrific practice? Well, I thought we had made a great deal of progress. Uh, there had been some terrific sponsors of the Taylor Force Act, for example, but also just exposing this program. It's really against American law to be funding uh, terrorism against American citizens. That's that's a basic fundamental fact. Um, but and so and so under the Trump administration, we finally took a step to say, Abbas, first of all, distance yourself from this program. Acknowledge that this program exists and that it shouldn't exist any longer and put a stop to it. He refused to do that. In fact, they had a woman running the program who was the wife of one of the arch terrorists in the Middle East, and they called them martyr programs. What I uncovered during a case that I was litigating over there is that people around the world are writing in, other terrorist groups are writing in support of this kind of program. They call it euphemistically, you know, a social welfare program. Well, after all, the poor terrorist you know, his family now is left without him because he's in prison or dead, and therefore they should provide um, support uh, payments to that person's family. Absolutely not. Um, they should, by doing that, they incentivize that kind of terrorism. It's not just the payments, by the way. They put up statues and memorials in towns around territory con controlled by the Palestinian Authority in honoring. They name stadiums after terrorists. So that's the exact opposite message, and it's appropriate for the United States to stand firmly against that, to call it out for what it is, and to refuse to fund it. Remember, money is fungible. So if we continue to give money to the PA, knowing that they're channeling money uh, to those kinds of terrorist payments, and it's not just to, to the terrorist himself or herself, it's to the families also. Um, and one other thing I want to say on this point, and again, it may sound political, but it's a fact. Um, we have members of Congress who have endorsed and supported people who have committed acts of terrorism. I'm speaking here specifically about uh, members of the hate squad, Tlaib and Omer. Um, you know, there's Omar, there's no question about it. Um, they have, uh, Tlaib has had a terrorist in her office. Um, they don't, they don't uh, condemn them. They do, they give lip service to certain condemnation. But when it comes to endorsing people who we know have been involved in these horrific terrorist acts, they refuse to distance themselves from them. And that isn't appropriate either. No, it's not. And that brings me to my next question. You guys do an appointment watch. Biden's hostile to a Israel appointments watch on uh, ZOA.org. And you, I just, I'm going down the list about how these people are just completely anti-Semitic. And it goes right with uh, what Rashida Tlaib, a Muslim, and, and uh, all the rest of them that are just basically wearing it on, on their sleeve right now that they have no respect for the Jewish state. Right. Listen, there are plenty of Muslims who, you know, support security and security for the state of Israel. Also, some great uh, people who serve in the state of Israel in government and in the military who are Muslim. Um, there's certainly nothing, you know, antithetical about being Muslim and supporting the state of Israel. The problem is we have people here rallying, using rallying cries uh, within Islam. Again, Congress, members of Congress and so on. And that's a perversion, I believe, of the religion. Um, you know, I, I represent a fellow right now, a young man who was walking in Times Square on the day of an Israel Day parade and was attacked by four um, Arab Americans in Times Square in New York, beaten brutally. They've been charged with hate crimes now criminally, and he's suing them um, uh, civilly. But this can't be tolerated. It didn't get a lot of press. These kinds of incidents need to be exposed more and the red, by the way, in the course of researching that case, I found studies that show a direct link between the rhetoric of this hate squad, Tlaib, Omar, AOC, and the others, and the increase in anti-Semitic violent acts. I think there's no question about it. Responsible organizations have tracked it, monitored it, and reported it. But again, we don't see it in the mainstream media. No, we don't. Absolutely not. Well, we want everybody to check out the site. This is going to be a heck of an award. And Kevin McCarthy's also on the docket there. By then, David, he should be probably Speaker of the House. Well, we'll see. But certainly a big election coming up. That's for sure. Well, absolutely. Thank you for breaking all this down today. And it's a really cool award that you're doing um, for President Trump. Well-deserved. And I really wanted to highlight that today. And 
Um, hopefully Israel goes in the right path with Benjamin Netanyahu. That's what we're Thank looking Thank you very for. much. November 13th, New York City, the Gala, DOA. Thank you very much. You got it. We'll post the links. David Schoen, everybody. We'll be back on the Matt Buff Show. You stay with us. Cost of living is skyrocketing and paychecks just can't keep up. But if you're lucky enough to be a public employee, you can give yourself a raise. Visit optouttoday.com and stop paying union dues. We've helped over 100,000 public employees just like you opt out and save an average of $1,000 per year. Opt out today and put more food, fuel, and fun back into your life. It's your money. You earned it. Visit optouttoday.com. You heard about the simple math with a solar electric system earlier in the show. Not all homes qualify. An energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent financial move. All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no cost, no obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Check out MyPillow.com. Save up to 66% with promo code BUFF and also MyPatriotCigars.com. 15% off with promo code BUFF. Get a good night's sleep, a good smoke, and let's hit the road because we got to talk about something strange. Steve Barrick, attorney out there, former prosecutor, on the road with the Matt Buff Show. Great to see you, Steve. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Yep, I'm in lovely... uh la traffic with all my liberal friends here uh crowding the freeways so thanks for having me and let me talk a little sanity uh with those of you out in the rest of uh real america yes indeed free state of florida and if you see somebody driving with a mask watch out they're the worst drivers and worst people on the planet <laughs> uh, yeah they, they they are we got a we got more than a few of those here uh I live down in Orange County where we have a little more sanity and a lot more Republicans, but, you know, L.A. has never recovered from the, pandem- uh, the pandemic. It's, uh, it's mass city over here, that's for sure. Oh, that is just hard to imagine, but I'll, I, I believe you. I've seen reports. We've talked to a lot of people, and I wanted to talk to you specifically today about Steve Bannon being sentenced to four months in prison for contempt of Congress. I didn't think that was a law anymore. I looked, it's been about 100 years since anybody's been held in contempt of Congress. I mean, I guess it's our two-tier justice system here, Steve. Well, look, I'll tell you. So I was a prosecutor for a number of years, both in federal courts and in state courts. And, you know, part of being a good prosecutor is being able to exercise your discretion to implement justice, right? So in, in Mr. Bannon's case, People need to understand, people have been cited by Congress on numerous occasions for contempt of Congress. Uh, There were members of the Obama administration that were cited by Congress. The difference here is twofold. One, Steve Bannon was a private citizen. That's extremely rare to be cited by Congress uh, as a private citizen. And two, to actually take the next step, and that is the Department of Justice to actually go out there seek a conviction in a criminal court and then seek jail time. That is extremely a rare situation. And it does beg the question, you know, you have Hunter Biden out there in his laptop, no one seems to care. And yet anyone affiliated with uh, President Trump. Nope. Steve cut out there. Like we said, he's on the road, probably hit a dead Okay, there you are. Probably hit a dead spot there in L.A. Um, Sorry. We got you back. Go ahead. You were, you were talking about um, the Hunter Biden laptop and then how Steve Bannon was a private citizen, and you were talking about the differences. Yeah, and what, I'm, what, I'm, what I was going on to say, Matt, is, look, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, 
you have to be concerned about uh, selective prosecution, right? Because this happens all the time in third world countries where. Yeah, in third world countries, I know Steve keeps dropping out, but we got this uh, covered until he gets back. In third world countries, they lock up their political enemies. That's how they, in third world countries, Steve, they lock up their political enemies and that's how they stay in power. It seems like they're kind of trying to do the same thing here. <laughs> well, well, look, I think we should all be concerned about that. You know, I mean, I think, look what's going on here. You have to beg ask the question, the, pre- the son of the President of the United States is under investigation. We know little to nothing about it. They've dragged their feet forever. They've had this laptop for almost three years now. What's the delay? What's going on with this? Why is this taking so long? Um, and the answer may be obvious. The answer is obviously they don't want to do anything about it. It's sitting in the pile called, these are Democrats, leave them alone. There's a whole right. room for that. These are Democrats. Let them be. And then uh, that way, they, if Republicans access those files after they win the midterms here, then we can do something about that stuff. And then I think we also got to take a look at the due process for the people that were jailed on January 6th as well. Don't forget, Steve Bannon was hit by the January 6th commission. It wasn't a contempt of like general Congress. This was that sham committee. That's, I um, I think Steve is just having a little bit of a lag, but that was the sham committee. This is what cost Liz Cheney her job because it's ridiculous. When I get Steve back, Steve, I don't know if you can hear me right now. I, I can hear you. I, 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 Matt, I heard exactly what you said, and you're exactly right. This is, you know, generally what, what has happened when people have been cited with contempt of Congress, it's been like uh, a member of the administration won't provide documents that have been requested as part of a investigation or a request by the entire Congress. You're absolutely right. What makes this unique is that you have a committee that was specifically created by the majority party in power to investigate its political opponents. That's the distinction, clearly. That, That couldn't be more well said. We're on the road with Steve Barrick, former prosecutor, and uh, he's driving through L.A. County right now. That's where a little hit and miss on the interview, but it's still good because we're uh, finding ways to f- answer these questions. Uh, one question I got for you. Yes, they are, and you're exactly right. This committee is just really to do witch hunts on their political enemies. That explains the Trump thing. That, that explains everything else. As an attorney, tell us, Steve Bannon, he's out right now um, pending the appeal how much time does he have? Will he actually serve any time for this? Well, in the old America, I would say no. He, he would be highly unlikely to spend any time in custody. In the new America, I don't, I, it's hard to predict, Matt. I, I think um, it's very hard to predict. I think um, one of the biggest issues here is how long is it going to take for the appeal? My guess is that after a circuit court appeal, he'll take this to the full Supreme Court. Uh, and if they agree to hear it, uh, if there are viable legal issues, this could take, you know, a long time before uh, he has to either decide whether he's going to be incarcerated or not. But look, I think we've seen over the last four years, the America that you and I grew up in is, has changed and it's a little more frightening than it used to be. Yes, the old America, 2017, those days are gone. And it started maybe a little bit before then, but that's when PC and, and not, not, not just put the political correctness, but this woke ass culture that we're dealing with is just ridiculous. From a legal perspective, what were they charging him with? Not showing up or not answering their stupid questions? What was it? I think it was both. Uh, it was three things, you know, not showing up, but also failing to produce documents that were requested by the committee. In particular, they wanted emails, uh, and he refused to produce. Um, and by the way, that's pretty standard uh, for when the Congress cites 
individuals. They cite them for failing to produce documents. And usually there's a negotiation that, um, you know, goes towards handing over the documents. I just think this, this committee was created to put people in awkward positions. You know, I mean, they would love to have, I mean, you know, of course, Nancy Pelosi subpoenaed the former President Trump to testify. And my guess is in a, in a few months here that uh, that committee is going to be dissolved after we take it uh, over the House. Yes, that's the first thing you do is you dissolve that sham committee and maybe create a new one to, uh, I don't know, look at what Pelosi did with not giving security, not providing resources when asked. Maybe flip the script. Why did that police officer shoot that protester? Maybe we just flip the script and go the other way on it and find the real facts. <laughs> but see, Matt, that's, you, you know, you just brought up the exact, you know, point that I'm trying to make. And that is when you do these things, when the other side comes into the power, they do the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it causes a, knee, a knee-jerk reaction. Right, and it's unfortunate. Uh, but that's kind of what has been created uh, based on these kind of things. You know, generally in the past, you know, after elections, we would put prior election behind us. We'd move forward. People would be talking about unification and doing what's best for the country. And the House Democrats formed this committee instead. Uh, so it was it was extremely unfortunate and extremely unproductive for the future of the country. Well, I really do want the Republicans to lay a groundwork for 2024 when they get in there. Send X amount of bills up to get vetoed just so you can show the American people what you're doing. But also, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the, the U.S. border, and Hunter Biden and his relationship with the Biden family across the globe. Those are the big issues to me as far as investigation goes. But they also need to lay a groundwork for their plans for 2024 with legislation. I. I I agree entirely, Matt. Well, good. I'm glad you do. <laughs> it's just, uh, so I got interrupted just, there, but I wanted to make one more point. Yeah. If I, you don't mind. I think it's unbelievably crucial for the American people to the Republicans investigate big tech over their role in the 2020 election, what they did, this unbelievable thing that they're doing in this cycle of shadow banning Republican candidates. Uh, I hope Elon Musk helps with that as he takes over Twitter. But I think that there needs to be a thorough investigation of Google, of groups like that, to find out what they were involved with, who were they communicating with in, in the Biden campaign. It's so important because, what you know, if we don't have that and we don't have fair and well-informed electorate, then we are we are not a democracy any longer. Now, you're exactly right. We've been fighting that election integrity issue every single day since November 3rd, 2020. I mean, it's just in the middle of the night, you know, all these things flipped and then we saw these laws change at the last, at the zero hour, like in Pennsylvania. All this is being cleaned up and um, we're working on it, but yes, that is a great one right there, Steve. The relationship between big tech and the FBI. What did the FBI tell you to do? What did you do to that? That just really suppresses votes when you do that. When you collude like that with a public square, it's it's voter suppression is what it is. Well, it is, but also, you know, all the founders, Jefferson in particular, felt that the key to having our constitutional republic was to have a well-informed electorate. I mean, if you have a public square of information that's all slanted one way and specifically, uh, you know, censored uh, because they, the people doing it don't like your point of view, how can you have a well-informed electorate? I mean, perfect example, you go back to Hunter Biden. They suppressed the story. I think Polls have shown that Biden voters, if they knew all about that, would have voted differently. I mean, that's 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 un-American. It is. The Hunter Biden cover-up alone was a big factor in that election. And now we're all paying for it. 
High inflation, high gas prices, the highest where you're driving right now is the highest gas prices in America. And it's just uh, it's just remarkable how far the left just destroys everything in its wake, Steve. Everything in its wake. Well, Matt, look, I just, you know, left the house here in South Orange County and, and it's $7 a gallon. So yeah. you explain to me how someone who's making 70 grand a year, you know, blue collar person, someone middle class that allegedly the Democrats care about, how are they going to afford fueling up their car at $7 a gallon? Okay. It's not going to happen. You know, when, when Biden took over office, gas here in California was three thirty-nine a gallon, you know, uh, but then he did, you know, the green new deal clamped down on uh, the American in- energy industry. And this is where we are. So, and now it's three thirty nine here in Florida, where you used yeah. to be three thirty nine. Now we're three thirty nine, and we used to be in the low twos. And this is all just one aspect of the stolen elections have dire consequences. But Steve, how can people get a hold of you in your writings and things like that? So uh, you can visit my uh, website at barracklaw.com, uh, and uh, you know we have a blog. We different things like that and you know try and get out the word and whatnot and i'd be happy to uh interface with people as they have issues that come along and they want to talk more yeah no we'll put the we'll put the link out there and that's b-a-r-i-c everybody b-a-r-i-c barracklaw.com i think steve's in a tunnel now i just want to uh thank you and your your uh thousands of listeners for making my ride to LAX airport more enjoyable. (laughs) Oh, you got it, man. Have a good flight and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. All right. We'll be back next time on the Matt Buff show. You guys stay smart out there.